Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Sister Jennings, amen. We're going to turn to the word of the Lord tonight, to the book of Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 and verse 28. Acts 5 and 28. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody would praise him the way you feel like it right now. I feel victory in this building. I feel a breakthrough. I feel a breakthrough for our city. I feel a breakthrough for our family. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Shout! Shout! In the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. You gotta forgive me for a moment, but he's been good to me. And I feel something breaking even in my own spirit. How many, how many feel revival in the building? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, excuse me, but you're, sitting, you're standing beside the praiser. Tell somebody around you, you got to excuse me, give me a little bit of space, but you happen to sit down beside a worshiper. Tell somebody next to you, I get a little bit excited when I think of the goodness of Jesus. Come on, go ahead and warn your neighbor and say, I can't help myself. I got to praise him. 
Come on. He's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. How many feel that way today? months ago that said something like the devil thought he had me he thought I was dead but I'm here tonight <laughs> and I'm dancing in the presence of God are there any victorious people come on are there any victorious people You need to reach your hand to the heavens and let God heal you right now. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo! Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah. Uh, Hallelujah.
Ghost in fire. Come on, how many feel the Holy Ghost in fire here tonight? Receiving the Holy Ghost. for them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're thankful. Lord, we're thankful. Amen. The book of Acts chapter 5 verse 28. 
thankful for what I feel. I'm going to obey the Lord tonight. I want, to obey the, I want to obey the Lord tonight with His Word. Acts 5 and 28. Give honor to all of our pastors in the building. Aren't we thankful for the ministry? The pastors, amen. Southeastern Ohio, we're thankful for every single one of you. Amen. We honor you tonight. Also the ministry, the laity, of course, the precious saints of the Most High. We honor you. Brother and Sister Jennings, Onyx, Silas, we're so glad that you are here. Amen. Ministered a great word this morning about being healed of fatigue. Thankful for the word of the Lord this morning. But above all else, we give honor to God. Because it is obvious that He is in the building. How many felt the Spirit of the Lord here tonight? I want you to touch two or three people and tell them we are destined to double. God is about to multiply us. Come on, I want you to prophesy to your neighbor and say we are destined to double. Tell somebody it's going to happen faster than you think. What God's done in you, He's going to do in somebody else through you. Tell your neighbor, we're destined to double. Because God has given me more than enough. Somebody shout, more than enough. Glory, 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 glory. The book of Acts chapter 5, verse 28. The book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 28. How many are ready for the word of the Lord tonight? Would you shout amen? amen? Saying, did not we straightly command you? This is the, the dignified leaders of the day speaking to Simon Peter, the apostles who had been locked up but the angel let go. Amen. You can't lock a preacher down. You can't lock the gospel up. The gospel's going to get out. You can't keep it a secret. Amen. It's going to get out. You can't stop the gospel from getting where it needs to get to. There's power in the gospel. How many know there's power in the gospel? And look what he says. He said, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? What is that name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem. Filled Jerusalem. You know what I think of field? I think of every street, every corner, every house. It bothers me when I walk into a restaurant and I see people that I do not know. Come on, am I talking to any pastors in your city? You walk. You walk into a gas station and you see people for the very first time. I want to see the gospel reach every single person in our city. Every house, every family. Come on. Every house, every family, every jail cell, every crack house, every bar room. I want to see the gospel fill our cities. 
Come on, I want them talking about the church, talking about the doctrine, talking about the name of Jesus in every part of our city. Can I get a witness from somebody? Everybody talking about Jesus. He said, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I know it's out of context. I know what they were trying to say. You're blaming us for this Jesus being crucified. That's what they were saying. But I wonder what would happen if we could get the blood of Jesus on everybody. You're trying. You intend to bring this man's blood on us. Yes, we do. We want everybody to be washed in the blood. We want everybody to be healed by the blood. We want everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, we want everybody to be washed in the blood of Jesus. Let me just put it this way. I want everybody in Zanesville and Cambridge and Coshocton and McConnellsville, come on, and Gloucester, Crooksville, New Lexington, Every single city around Woodsfield, cities we haven't even got to, I want them all to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Everybody. Somebody shout everybody. I want you to look at your neighbor one more time before you're seated and said, we are destined to double. Come on, tell two or three people, we are destined to double. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not planning on preaching long, but that does not mean I'm going to preach short. We only get Sunday nights once a month. One thing I've learned about the people here, you want to be here. Can I say that we are Pentecostal people? What that means if we experienced what the apostles experienced on the day of Pentecost, which Jesus said, when you get there, tarry there until you are endued with power. Somebody shout power. Endued with power from on high. When you get there, wait and tarry until you get it. Praise God when they received it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Does that feel familiar to anybody in the building? Everybody started feeling it. Everybody started receiving it. And cloven tongues like as a fire. It, it sat upon each of them and they were all. Somebody shout all. How many want an all revival? It's for you and your children and all that are far off. It's for you and your neighbor. It's for you and the next church down the road. Come on, it's for us. It's for every denomination. We got to get it in our spirit. We're not satisfied till everybody gets it. Everybody receives it. Everybody hears about it. 
And when they got the Holy Ghost, they started speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That means the ability to speak. He gives you permission. You yield to him and you start speaking in a language you didn't understand. And approximately 120 people that were there started speaking in an unknown tongue. And people were gathered out of every nation under heaven. Oh, it was multicultural Jews everywhere from, from all over Persia. Here they are out there hearing a noise. Because one thing I've learned about Pentecost, it's typically noisy. I said Pentecost is noisy. You get around the Jewish people, you're going to find they shouted and the walls come tumbling down. Listen, I'm not apologizing for being noisy because the Bible says, and when it was noised abroad, they begin to gather from every nation under heaven. No quiet church is having a gathering. But you give me a praising and a shouted church filled with the Holy Ghost and people start coming from everywhere. Give me a church that will praise him. You know why? Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How many come on a Sunday night to lift him up? How many come to praise him? Would you shout hallelujah? Amen. They started gathering from everywhere, and when they did, Simon Peter started preaching the gospel of Christ. He started preaching about the death, the bear, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When he was finished, they were pricked in their heart. You know what that is? It's conviction. They saw the error of, the way, of their way. When they heard the gospel, they realized they had to change, that there was more. There is going to be a great revival of more. People from every denomination are going to get hungry for the more of God. It's like one lady that received the Holy Ghost. She said, I thought I had it until I got it. They're going to receive the Holy Ghost. They're going to be a wake up in America, all over North America. It's going to flow like a river through Central America, all the way down into South America. It's going to be a mighty awakening where people are going to be wake up to this new experience in God. It's not just going to happen. It is happening. It's already happening. And they started gathering. What meaneth this? What is this? And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Somebody shout in the last days. Say, if God, I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. In the last days, when the world has went woke, when the conversations have changed, moral decay, he said there's going to be a generation of sons and daughters. They're going to prophesy. They're going to talk about the goodness of God. They're going to be in a church on Sunday and Sunday night with their hands in the air saying the Lord is holy. The Lord is holy. The Lord is holy. 
I've had some people recently to attend our church and say, I know it's real. When I watch these children on their face before God, down on the floor with their hands raised and tears flowing down their face, they said, I know that's a move of God. Can I tell you, it is a move of God. We're so thankful for every young person, every, every, every child in this church that worships him. The Holy Ghost was poured out. This is that. This is that. What you felt tonight, you can't get anywhere else but the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. How many glad you've got it? He told them, but when you get the Holy Ghost, it's not just to feel powerful on a Sunday night. It's not just to feel the peace of God like we felt after Brother Jennings preached this morning and nobody wanted to leave the building. They lingered for, for a long time. I got texts throughout the afternoon. Pastor, the peace of God didn't want to leave the building today. The power of God. There's more to it than just feeling Him. Jesus said, Acts 1.8, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. This was never to be contained or only experienced in a church house on a Sunday. It was to be filled up on Sunday and then you take it out and it is spread from you to others on Monday. You ought to be able to walk into your job and somebody say, what is that that I feel when I'm around you? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the overflow of the well of living water. Come on, you ought to be. You ought to be. You know what we need is our young people that come on our church vans, get so full of the Holy Ghost, they walk into their houses and mom and daddy say, what is that that I feel? It's Jesus on the inside working on the outside. Somebody shout glory. He said, it's not to stay here. It's to start here. It's to begin here. It's just a beginning. It's not an ending. It's not something you feel here and leave here. It's something you gather here and take with you. It's the oil and the wine. It's the rejoicing and the healing that you gather and begin to take where you go. The Bible tells us that, that when they left there, they went from house to house. Scripture says in the book of Acts chapter 3, it's what followed Pentecost was this. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. I'm going to tell you what I envisioned tonight on how we're going to double. Is that the church house becomes a house of prayer. Not just a place where we come to hear singing and preaching. But it's where we come to get a hold of God. They went daily to a house of prayer. I'm going to tell you what I envisioned. Amen. I've seen it in the new building. I want in the, in, the, in the building that will happen eventually. But I want it to happen here. Is that 24 hours a day, people can come to the church house and seek God. That when there's trouble in the family, they say, I just got to get to the house of God. I just got to get to the place where I can get on my knees and pray. 
I envision every church that we have in the Anchor Network becoming a place of prayer, becoming a place where people seek God. It's not just a Sunday and a midweek. It's where people can come and pray for three hours if they want to. And they can intercede for a family member if they want to. It's a place where people can get a... Can I tell you, it becomes a gate of heaven. It's where heaven has a ladder from here to there that they can reach God and God can hear them and do a miracle work in their life through the power of prayer. He said that my house should be called a house of prayer. Somebody shout prayer. And they would come and pray at the ninth hour. They would come and pray and the Bible says, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Can I tell you, prayer will always bring the need. Hear me as I preach to you tonight what the Lord has put in my spirit. If my people called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, that means fast until you want to pray. Remove the cares of the life until you want to pray. Quit feeding your flesh until you want the things of God instead of the things of flesh. When you fast, you become less concerned with the cares of this life and more concerned with the things of God. Hallelujah. We are too enamored with sports. Netflix. Hulu. Instagram. Facebook. Family than we are the things of God. It's been a disservice to the United Pentecostal Church, all of the Hollywood that got in, the love of sports that got in, because we become enamored with the things of this world and forgot about the things that really matter. But he said, if my people would humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, and turn from their wicked way. He said, then I will hear from heaven. How many want God to hear us? I'm going to forgive their sin, and I am going to heal, somebody shout heal, their land. He said, if we will pray, he's going to hear us, and he's going to heal us. When they prayed, be seated. When they prayed, a certain lame man came and Lame from his mother's womb. All the Bible quizzes are, remember, are, are memorizing this right now. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. They ain't laying there just once. They laid him there because there's good people that pray. They got extra money in their pocket because God always blesses people that pray. They've got more than enough. More than they need. How many know God blesses you in the kingdom of God? You, you can leave the corners of your field in the Old Testament because he's going to give you more than you need. He's going to give you enough to bless somebody that can't bless you back. And they brought him there because he would say, alms, alms. And Simon Peter stepped out of a prayer meeting one day. He looked at the lame man that begs for money every day. He said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says immediately his ankle bones receive strength. 
What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's not enough just to feel him in the building. I've got to get filled with it so I can carry it out of the house of God and give it to somebody that needs it. There's power in prayer. There's power in the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout hallelujah. I envision prayer meetings at the church. Followed by miracles outside the church. Did you hear me? Miracles outside the church. I'm glad for every lame man I've seen healed, every blinded eye that I've seen open, every leg that I've seen grow. I've seen it. I've watched a dim eye open, deaf ear open. I've seen it. But most of those miracles happen in a church house. But I believe God wants them to happen at your house. When the neighbor says, I need a miracle, they don't know me, they don't know the anchor church, they don't know Pastor Chrisman, they don't know Pastor Richard, one of these pastors, all they know is the saint that lives beside of them. And they know you've got something that they need because you're possessed with the Holy Ghost. You're filled with his spirit. You don't say, hold on, let me call the pastor. You say, no. such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth be healed and that person in your world gets a miracle why because you've got the Holy Ghost down in your heart you've got the spirit of God within you it's in you it's not just for you brother Matthew it's in you but it's to work through somebody grab the Holy Ghost like this Come on, grab the Holy Ghost like this. Somebody shout, I've got it. I've got it. How many's glad you have it? But it's not just for you. It's as such as I have. Give I thee. Here's what I envisioned, Brother Gators. I saw it in a, it was a visionary moment in prayer. That's the door I walk through when I come in here to pray. I stopped for a moment. I looked from the back of the sanctuary visionary moment. I saw every seat filled with people with a Bible in their hand, a notepad in the other hand. They were setting attentive. And I thought, what am I looking at right now? What is it that I see? Every seat was filled. Not one extra seat was in the building. And I saw it. It wasn't people coming just to receive for them. They were coming to learn the things of God so they could take it to the world that they were going to minister to. That's what I picture. Not just coming to get their praise on. Not just coming to fulfill religious obligation. Huh? But they were coming because there was somebody they were teaching. There was somebody they were praying for. It was somebody... I'm going to tell you what I see in the spirit. I see neighborhoods having revivals with no church buildings. But they've got a Holy Ghost filled saint of God. Every house can be a chapel. Every house can be a house of prayer. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. By what name and what authority have you used that this lame man has been healed? That's what they said. Because when cripples start walking, and the addict that's been an addict for 25 and 30 years that has 250 family members that couldn't help him, 25 counselors that couldn't help him, 
15 years of jail cells that couldn't keep him from it. And one touch of Jesus' hand. And they're not going to the crack house. They're not reaching for fentanyl. They don't, they don't have any more needles in their world. There's no more pills in their pocket. There's no more crack houses that they're going to. And everybody starts saying, what happened to you? Let me tell you what happened to me. Somebody said the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, said Jesus. And when they said Jesus, I got healed. Is there anybody in this room that you believe God is able to set the addict free? He's able... Hallelujah. Somebody shouted, it was Jesus. And they said, by what name, what authority are you working in? He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name among heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I still believe the revival is going to come through the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would, all of you would jump to your feet and shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. One more time, Jesus. I believe devils tremble at his name. I believe, de I believe demons run at his name. I believe tumors can disappear at his name. Come on, I believe sickness can flee at the name of Jesus. Come on, anxiety and depression and fear and suicide. The power of the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Are you talking about him yet? Are you mentioning his name to people in your world? Talk about him. Preach about him. Share news about him. Somebody shout Jesus. Be seated. They didn't like it. They didn't like the response. They didn't like the response. You know what they did? Because he was preaching the name of Jesus. You know what I've learned? You can't preach Jesus and not have opposition. I'm out of breath and you know why. Because half of you are too. I'm moved in my soul. He's killing me on that organ. Amen. Make a preacher preach. Hear me right now. You can't preach Jesus and the devil not show up and try to stop you. Preach Jesus and a target gets put on you. He's going to do everything he can to discourage you to falsely accuse you, to attack you, and to keep you from doing what he wants you to do. But you know what was so powerful in the book of Acts Pentecostal church? They got so moved because the gospel changed their life. They started telling everybody. They told their neighbors. They told their families. When they signed up, they knew they could be a martyr. They showed up to the church with property deeds in their hand and said, we don't care about this stuff anymore. Sell the property, give the money to get the gospel to that region. Get the gospel to that section of town. Get the gospel. That's what they started doing. 
they had all things common. I'm going to tell you how we're going to double. Is when you can rejoice with somebody else that's having victory. And when you can mourn with somebody that's having brokenness. And you start realizing we're not one against another. But we are one body. Baptized by one spirit. And we have one goal and one purpose. And that is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that hasn't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Because there's power upon this. You can't preach Jesus and not talk about the blood of Jesus. You can't preach Jesus and not talk about the cross that he died on. The nails in his hands. The nail in his feet. The crucifixion which he went through. The 39 stripes on his back. The blood that ran down and spilled into the ground. You can't preach Jesus and not preach about the blood. You can't preach Jesus and not preach about baptism. You can't preach Jesus and not preach about people's lives being changed. People getting their life turned around. You can't preach Jesus and not talk about transformation. Because when Jesus shows up. Come on, how many of you could stand in this building and say, he made a difference in my life? Somebody shout, he made a difference in my life. They had all things common. They made sure the other one was okay. They made sure the, the gospel was getting where it needed to go. The talk of the church was celebrating who's hearing the gospel. Praise God. When Crooksville's having revival, we're all having revival. When Cambridge is baptizing people, we're all celebrating Cambridge baptizing people. Come on. When Woodsfield's having growth, the whole kingdom is growing. When Coshocton is having a breakthrough, in Coshocton we're all having a breakthrough. You know why the kingdom's not about a city? It's about what God's doing around the world. You've got to celebrate with one another. You've got to grieve with one another. You've got to pray for one another. Somebody shout prayer. So hear me. We've got to pray. Somebody shout house of prayer. What did I say next? You've got to take what you get from the house and share it. Number three, you've got to have all things common. When you're good, I'm good. When you're hurting, I'm hurting. When you're victorious, I'm victorious. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I need you to celebrate with me. When I'm struggling, you're struggling. Simon Peter was thrown in jail. When these men are thrown in jail, the body started praying. Can't get the gospel locked up. I feel this right now. Feel this in the spirit. The Lord, the Lord came to me last night. I, I knew somebody was covering me in prayer last night, probably 8.30. God began to deal with me about this. I didn't see the parallel until today. But he began to talk to me about his blood. About the blood that flows through the body. When they, they said, how is it? We have commanded you to not make mention of his name any longer. 
They were against the gospel being spread. Put him in jail. The angel opened the door. Let him out. Shut the door. No evidence how they got in or got out. And they came the next day to get to these preachers in Acts 5, the apostles. When they get there, they said, we have to tell you, they're not there. They're gone. But how did they get out? We don't know. But the angel of the Lord let them out. I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some of you, the devil's been trying to lock you up. But God is sending the angel of the Lord to set you free. You are not done with what he's called you to do. He's done every single thing he can to stop you. But I hear a word from the Lord. There's an angel coming into your world that's going to set you free to do exactly what God called you to do. Where are they? Where are they now? Because when they came out, the angel said, you go back to the temple and preach. Go back to the temple and tell what you've been telling. The angel gave them commission. Go preach. Can I say to somebody, quick look in the wounds of yesterday's problems. Can I say to every pastor, every intercessor, every Bible study teacher, every mission worker in the building, you got to quit licking the wounds over yesterday and go back and keep preaching the gospel because God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Oh, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. I feel victory for somebody. He's done everything he can to lock you down, but you're here tonight, and God's going to work a miracle in your life. I feel freedom coming to your spirit. Come on, I feel freedom coming to your spirit. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. They came and told, and they said to the elders of the city, they said, we know where they are, but where are they? They disappeared out of the jail cell. They're back in the temple preaching. Look at your neighbor and say they're still preaching. They quietly came in because there had been such a mighty revival in Jerusalem. Through miracles, through the power of the gospel, there had been such a revival through these apostles that they were bringing the sick into the street, laying them just hoping the shadow of Simon Peter would overshadow them. You know why? Because when you preach the gospel, hope is pointed at Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to get us to stop preaching the gospel to people that haven't heard the gospel. He wants to lock us up tonight. He wants to lock you down emotionally, mentally, physically. He's going to do everything he can to stop you. But I hear victory in my spirit for somebody. You're coming out of those emotional issues. You're coming out of those hindrances in your life. You're coming out of those physical complications. God is going to heal you tonight. He's sending his angel with healing in his Come on, somebody clap your hands and shout glory. Glory. I wish somebody would shout with me for a minute because healing is in the building. Healing is in the building. Healing is in the building. 
Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to heal you tonight. How many of you have felt locked up? Come on. I got my hand up. The devil's done everything he can to try to take me out. Anybody relate with what I'm preaching about? Preaching the gospel but locked up? I come to tell you God has sent his angel. He's going to set you free in the next few minutes. And he's going to say, get back to that pulpit and preach. Get back to that house and teach a Bible study. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout with a victory shout tonight. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Somebody shout victory. Today is mine. For I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. I wish somebody would grab your spouse's hand and shout, victory is mine. I'm trying to close. We're going to pray. Somebody shout, we're going to pray. Be seated a few more moments. can't be contained in these walls. There are going to be so many Bible studies being taught every single week. God is going to use you to teach Bible studies. Been been trying to lock you down, your confidence now. I release you in the name of Jesus to teach the gospel. I know we send pastors, but we need to send Bible study teachers. The Bible says... And when they had brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. The people coming against the preachers had fear now. You know why there have been so many people that have heard the gospel that were healed in the streets? I'm thankful for the revival in the church. But that's not where the revival is going to happen. It's going to happen in the streets. It's going to happen in the streets. Last week I was at a church service in Parkersburg. One of the new converts there from Ripley that was at the service stopped by a gas station and invited a guy to come to church with me, a brand new convert. But the guy said, I'll go with you. I'll cancel where I'm going. Came repenting, was baptized in Jesus' name. The revival is going to happen in the streets. Can I just be me here for a minute? I'm thankful for every miracle in the building. But I can't wait till we got 50, 50 testimonies of what God's done in the jailhouse, what God's done at your house, what God's doing in the community. Do you believe that? What God's doing down the street on outreach, the people that are being healed, the blinded eyes being opened. That is the will of God. He, he said this. He said to them, Did not we straightly command you? that ye should not teach in this name. 
And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. You have filled Jerusalem. I want everybody to say this is our goal. We can't just have pastors talking about him on Sunday. We got to have everybody talking about him Monday through Saturday. I want all our pastors to stand if they would for a moment. In-house, ministers, licensed with the anchor, would you stand for a minute? I want you to stand for a moment. We appreciate you. But the gospel never got out of Jerusalem with a licensed minister. It came out with a saint. Saints went preaching the gospel everywhere. I'm going to tell you the revival in North America isn't going to be pointed at a preacher. It's going to be pointing to the church. See, see, you talk about me preaching, you're okay. But I talk about you preaching, now you're locked up. But I wish God would set you free in this building and you could start sharing the love of Christ with everybody that you know. God, help me right now. He said, did not, you can be seated. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Everybody shout, filled with the doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I said it at the beginning. I say it in the closing. They were saying, you're trying to blame his death on us. But if I can use the context here for a minute. Hey, you're trying to bring this man, Jesus' blood upon us. If you only understood how bad we want to get his blood on you. If you only understood what happens when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life. When the blood of Jesus washes over your dirty heart, over your dirty mind and dirty soul. Come on, he'll wash you clean and make you white as snow. It'll heal every broken part, every abused part, every wounded part. He'll heal you physically, spiritually, and mentally because there's nothing that his blood can't fix. There's nothing that his blood can't change. There's nothing that his blood can't heal. When I read, when I read in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, when I see when they were there in Israel, excuse me, Egypt and coming out, he said, I want everybody to take a lamb. Somebody shout the lamb. I want you to take the lamb and I want you to take it without blemish. A male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take the blood. Somebody shout the blood. Why do they, are y'all with me right now? Why do they take the blood? Because Leviticus 17 and 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. He said, I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. He said in verse 14 of Leviticus 17, For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. The blood that is in your body. Do you realize the veins in your body and your blood vessels can add up somewhere between 60,000 and 100,000 miles of blood vein? And every minute, your, your blood circulates through every blood vessel. 
Your heart beats at 70 beats a minute. Pumping that organ called the blood. Because it's the blood that brings oxygen and nutrients to all the parts of the body so they can keep working. It's blood that carries carbon dioxide and other waste materials to the, to the, to the, to the lungs and the kidneys and digestive system to be removed from the body. It's the blood also that fights infections and carries hormones around the body. Can I, can I say to you, it's the blood that brings life. You separate a, 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 a member from the blood, there's no life. It will die. It's the blood that keeps it alive. It's the blood that keeps every organ alive. It's the blood that keeps your brain alive. When somebody has a clogged artery and blood can't get to the brain, the brain dies. It can't get to the finger, the finger dies. It can't get to the toes, the toe dies. Because the life of the body is in the blood. When somebody's dying and they've lost blood, you can find it down here during COVID. I feel something on me. I told you God visited me last night in my kitchen. He began to deal with me about what I'm telling you. During COVID, there was so much blood loss. They were, they were begging people to give blood. You could go give blood and they'd pay you 100 bucks. I looked just at the end of right here by, 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 by 22 and, and Pine Street. You could go there and you could, you could sell your blood because they were desperate for blood. Because it doesn't matter how much drugs you can make. Synthetically, you cannot reproduce the blood. Because the blood is what brings the life. You can put medicine in the blood, but you can't create the blood. The blood is the life of the body. No blood, no miracle. Doesn't matter how good the medicine is, if it can't get to the body, it cannot be healed. You have to put it in the blood or it can't get to the body. It's the blood that heals. It's the blood that saves. It's the blood that nourishes. It's the blood that protects. Can I tell you, without the gospel, we can't get the blood to anybody. But with the gospel, we can get his blood on every person. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout the blood. The blood. It's about the blood, Brother Jennings. It's about the blood remain standing. It's the blood of Christ. And they said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a lamb. And if the lamb, somebody shout the lamb. He said in Exodus 12, as I close, he said in Exodus 12, he said, I want everybody to take the lamb. Hallelujah. He said, when you do, it's going to be the beginning for you. How I many know it was when the blood was applied, that was the beginning for your life. Mess to miracle brokenness to healing there's so many people going to be in our churches that have a needle tonight they got a bottle of alcohol tonight but they're going to have healing tomorrow they're going to have a breakthrough tomorrow come on the atheists there's going to be a revival among the atheists in North America there's healing if I can just get the blood over you he said Moses speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Watch what it says. And if the house be too little for the lamb. Let me put it in this words, like this, Brother Melik. If the lamb is more than your house needs. If the lamb is more than you need. It's more than you can eat. 
It's more blood than you need applied. Can I tell you tonight? The lamb will always be more than you need. Your house will always be too small for the lamb. The lamb is always more than enough. It's not just for us four and no more. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. He said if the lamb is too much, Invite your neighbor over to partake. Can I tell you? The lamb is always more than your house needs. So you might as well go ahead and invite a neighbor. I'm going to tell you, we're not just going to double a number. We're going to double in families. Because he's not just going to save individuals, Brother Jennings. He's going to save me and my family. Hannah here tonight. Where, where's Hannah Rowe? She's working the nursery. That girl's been inviting so many people from work. You know why? Because she realizes the lamb is more than she needs. I'm glad he saved you, Timothy. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Or are you comfortable being saved with the lamb? Do you realize you've got enough lamb in your house? You've got enough Jesus in your house to save them from the judgment too. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. And if they're not baptized, they're not filled with His Spirit. I moved in my soul because we just can't be recipients of His blood. We've got to share it with somebody else. Look at your neighbor and say, may his blood be upon you. I'm thankful for every pastor in the building. I am, you know I am. They get to share every Sunday a lamb that's too big for their house. But it's time for the saints to get involved with this. Ryan and Danielle Duvall. There's a revival in your road. Mark Muller, there's a revival in your neighborhood. <laughs> the blood. The blood. Why are you knocking on my door? Because I've got to share with you. God has what you need. His blood flows through the church. And I'm going to tell you one more thing before I go. I'm going to let y'all pray. The blood heals. The blood nourishes. When there's a wound on the body, it signals the bone marrow to release platelets, collagen like glue. It rushes by the tens of thousands flowing to the point of pain. 
starts working together. Till it fashions what we know as a bruise or a scab. It takes two to three weeks to form its proper restoration. You can cut the end of your finger, but not just a scar that's left there. You get your exact fingerprint back. Why? Because there's something in the blood that knows exactly what to do. It's blood is an organ. It's not just your heart or your lungs. It's an organ. Your blood, it, 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 it works powerfully. It's the life. And when it heals, it tries to bring back to exact look before it was ever wounded. Because in the blood is the ability to restore to the way it used to be. It makes it what it was supposed to be. Out of the marrow, you get an infection, it releases those white blood cells. It starts fighting off. I'm going to tell you, those platelets that come that begin to heal. Hear me? Revival in your world is going to happen. Next, some of you, is the only thing keeping you from a breakthrough. It's the reconciliation of the blood. Opt with somebody else. Could I say his blood wasn't just to wash away your sins. It was to reconcile everything that was separated. In the church, we preach, God, forgive me. In recovery, they say, go make it right with people that you've done wrong. And the reason sometimes people in recovery can move on is because they preach something that we don't. It's the doctrine of reconciliation. I hope you get to hear his story, and it's Justin. But I'll watch two guys hang out in in Parkersburg the other day. Where they shot up each other's houses and shot at each other was somehow missing each other. Hated each other. But when he went through recovery and got saved, one of the steps was, I've got to make it right with people that I've ought against. He goes in and says, I know the past, but I want you to know I'm sorry. Anything I've done wrong, anything I've done. What are you doing? It's the power of the blood. The blood starts restoring what was wounded. Relationships that were separated. The blood is full more than washing away your sins. It's more than healing your physical condition. It's the restoration of the body. Sometimes church bodies get wounded. Saint against saint. Preacher against preacher. Saint against preacher. I mean, it was true. But when the blood gets over us, it starts a process of reconciliation. Can I prove it? The Bible says in Colossians 1 19, 1 and verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things in himself. 
By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Can I say? That's why the power when the blood is applied is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You can't be saved if you have ought towards somebody. Because the blood's process is to not only forgive you, it's to heal you in everything that's been against you or you've been against. It's a clean slate, Brother Gene Tia. Have no ought towards you, have no ought toward me. And I can walk free knowing that there's been reconciliation in his blood. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Because God said we've got to have the blood moving in the body. The body of Christ has got to have the blood of Christ. It's not just about eternity and being saved. It's about letting the blood do what the blood does. I can get where I need to be without anything locking me up. I can flourish in my ministry. I can flourish in my calling. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you tonight. Pastor, I want revival. You're going to have it. I want to see a breakthrough. You're going to see it. I want to see our church buildings full and miracles in the streets. It's going to happen. You got to let the blood work, though. It's a healing, it's a painful process. The blood rings as it's pumping and sometimes leaving your body. And it's healing, it's sealing, it's, it's clotting, it's gathering, it's restoring. Because it's the life of the body. Tonight I've come to preach the gospel. We're destined to double, but you can't double if you're locked up. You can't double if you're wounded. You can't double if you're offended. You gotta let the blood heal that on the inside and the out. God is speaking to so many people right now. As the Lord begins to deal with you, I want you to get out of your seat, begin to make your way to the altar. Get on your face before God and say, Lord, I know tonight we're going double. It's going to be multiplied in another house. I'm not going to have any ought toward anything or anybody. I'm going to let the blood work. I'm going to let the blood work. <laughs> you filled. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It's went from house to house. How did it happen? The blood of Christ. Miracles and healings. Signs and wonders. Hope and faith. Come on. All of our pastors, all of our ministers, help us right now. There's healing in this room. I'm not holding any ought toward anything or anybody. I'm going to let the blood create reconciliation with me and others.
one, you've shouted, but now it's time to get a hold of the heartbeat of God. your goodness I would be desperate without your love slave to the darkness Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.